Hello and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for March 11th, 2019. Uh, my name is Scott and I go by Tan Newt Online. I'm the project lead for CircuitPython and I am sponsored by Adafruit to work on it full time. CircuitPython is a version of Python designed for microcontrollers it's specifically to make it easy to program them. Uh, our audience is beginners, so if you've never coded before, give CircuitPython a shot. Um, this is our weekly meeting. Uh, where we invite the community to participate and let us know what they're working on um, in CircuitPython. Uh, it's done in, on our Discord channel, so if you want to join, everybody is welcome. You can go to the URL uh, adafru.it slash discord to join our Discord. We're in the voice channel uh, for the meeting Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're in the text chat basically all week, so uh, if you're hearing this later, uh, check that out. Uh, this meeting is recorded and released on YouTube as a video, so the text chat is recorded as well, so be aware of that. And uh, the audio is then taken and put as a podcast as well, so if you are a commuter and want to listen to the meeting uh, after the fact, that's one way to do it. Um, check your favorite podcast app for the CircuitPython Weekly. Um, we run this in five parts. Uh, the first part is community news, uh, which we will briefly go over. So that's uh, interesting stuff about uh, the CircuitPython land. Uh, we follow that up with the state of CircuitPython and its libraries. Uh, this is an overview that Katni and I do uh, for that are, is kind of a statistics view of how the, how the project is going, uh, what the health of the project is. Um, and then after that, we'll do hug reports, which is uh, done as a round robin. So hug reports are a chance for everybody to say thank you to other folks in the community for the work that they've been doing. Um, and I will start, and then we'll go in alphabetical order based on your username in the voice channel. Um, that is done as a round robin. So take just a couple of minutes to say thanks to folks. Um, if you don't want to participate in that, uh, just let us know that you're lurking. Um, if you don't have a microphone or don't want to use your microphone, but do want to say some hug reports, feel free to type them in, uh, either to the notes doc or to the text chat. Um, so, and then I will read those off. Um, after hug reports, uh, we'll do the status update section as a round robin as well. So again, let us know if you're lurking, let us know if you're text only. In fact, if you can't make the meeting, uh, you're welcome to either drop them in the notes or let us know what your notes are. And we can read those off even if you're not in the meeting uh, completely. Uh, so so yeah, uh, we want everybody to have a chance to participate. So uh, that's uh, status updates is briefly what you worked on in the last week and you, what you plan on working kind of going forwards in the next week. Um, helps get everybody on the same page and, and gives uh, tips and tricks for folks to understand that. Um, and then the last section that we do is called In the Weeds, which is our kind of freeform dis discussion section. So if you have questions that you'd like us to cover that might be like longer answers or, or discussion, uh, that's the, the place where that should be happen um if you have a topic that you'd want you want to talk about in that section uh what you can do is you can uh type in the text chat during the meeting and we'll snag it and put it in the notes or you can just put it in the notes doc directly if you want to as well um so yeah that is uh 
that is the structure of the meeting. We take uh, time codes in the notes. So uh, if you don't want to listen to this typically hour long meeting, uh, you're more than welcome to just skim the notes and look at time codes. So uh, when my brain pauses, I either got a notification on my computer or uh, am taking a time code. So I will take a time code and get going. Um, so first section is community news. Uh, these are kind of highlights taken from the um, taken from the newsletter that goes out tomorrow. So, um, if you want more uh, information uh, in this vein, check out our Python on hardware or Python on microcontrollers newsletter at adafruitdaily.com. Uh, first item here is that we have eleven thousand plus humans in Discord. So, thank you uh, to everyone for making it a welcome welcoming place for all to share. Uh, in particular, uh, thank you to all the community moderators who help keep it a friendly place. Um, that's right. <laughs> all right. Uh, I was reminded that uh, Phil is in the house, so I'll let Phil take it over from there. No, that's fine. I'm going to do a post in a minute on the 11,000 humans in Discord. Um, hug reports to everybody who keeps this place a welcoming... Uh, what was the quote? Uh uh, hacker space, 24 seven hacker space that you can bring your granddaughter to. It's a community member said that was kind of cool. Um, other community news. This isn't a newsletter, but I thought this was a neat thing for all of us to look at. Um, some people are just getting into circuit Python and GitHub. And the reason why they're doing that is because of the neat features that we're doing. So someone, um, had a, a issue for a MIDI control that they wanted to do. Um, they've been coding since 1982, new to Python, new to GitHub, and joined on March 9th, did their first issue on March 9th, did their first PR on March 9th, and it was merged. So I uh, cataloged that story in the newsletter, and I also put a link there. Um, the person's name is Corey, and I think they have a hug report um, towards the end of uh, this meeting. But I think that's a neat thing for all of us to know, like these projects and the things that we're doing and sharing, um, that'll get a lot of people either in for the first time, or maybe they're just revisiting um, something they used to do. And so uh, the resources that we have for contributing on GitHub and how to do pull requests, um, that usually works out um, for general tutorials, like on the web, like you wanna get started with GitHub, but they don't really have specifics, like what you wanna do. And since we have CircuitPython, um, people can get sp spun up faster. So thanks for uh, those resources that folks put together. I think Katni and Scott um, worked on those. And then thanks for welcoming that person in. Um, more people, the better. Uh, next up tomorrow, uh, noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, Microchip is giving away five Pi portals for Internet Design Week. Um, people at Adafruit can't enter, but all y'all can. So go win a pie portal. I think you just have to hang out in the chat. Um, they're making some weather stations, and uh, they have a pie portal now. So they're going to give away a pie portal. So you all have a pretty good chance of winning. Um, and then the latest newsletter goes out on Tuesday. Lots of community projects and more. We've been reaching out on Twitter each week. Um, Matt, who does the MicroPython Melbourne meetup, um, I will check with him. Uh, every so often, and I usually get some good stuff. But if y'all see folks doing stuff with Python, Python on any type of device, and it's not included in the newsletter, let us know. And that is community notes for the week. Awesome. Thanks, Phil. And uh, yep. yeah, I'm out of practice. I'm, I'm still learning how community news works. <laughs> well, me too. <laughs> I know I've never done This is all new for everybody. Yeah, it's all good <laughs> stuff. So I'm glad we have that. Yep. Awesome. Okay, let's go on to State of Circuit Python. Um, 
This is where we take kind of a numbers view of the health of the project. Uh, we'll do it in two subparts or three subparts. Um, first, I'll talk overall, and then we'll go into the core and the libraries. Um, so for overall, uh, in the last week, as of last night, um, we had 25 pull requests merged, um, 13 different authors, which is awesome. Um, CP Forbes, Demofoon, Marty McGuire, uh, Corey Osman, who uh, Phil was referring to, are all new in that list. So thank you to all the new authors. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, we had eight reviewers, which is a gr awesome number. We don't usually have that many. So um, I'll just say uh, thank you to Maker Melissa, uh, Jerry, Brent, Katney, um, and Lady Ada for doing the reviews. Um, t uh, Dan and I are the other two. So oh, Sedacious as well. So thank you to all your eight reviewers. Reviewing is just as helpful as authoring. Um, so we, I encourage people to, to review stuff for us. Um, Issues-wise, we had 11 closed issues by 6 people and 16 opens by 13 p people. So overall, we are uh, increasing a little bit, but that's okay. Um, that's to be expected as we uh, grow and grow, although we, we, want, we do want to scale. Um, and then overall, I would say that we're super close to a release candidate um, on the core side. Uh, release candidate for 4.0. We have 21 open issues. Uh, I just took a look at that. Five of those, I think, are translation-related, so those will be the last ones open. Um, and then everything else is is kind of bug hunting. So uh, once we... The, the goal with the release candidate is to basically think it's stable. So uh, all of those bugs with uh, as the 4.0 milestone, we need, need to squash them. Um, and then we'll be ready for release candidate. And then we'll let the release candidate simmer. Um and if nothing, no bugs are found with it, we'll just re-release re it as a stable release. Uh, otherwise, we'll squash whatever bugs come up. So um, if you're new to the community or you want to help be involved, uh, please just use uh, Beta 3 or even the latest build uh, from Amazon S3 and, that, uh, and let us know if you find any issues that really need to be, um, need to be hammered out before that. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go on to the core and then I'm gonna actually prioritize Lady Ada after State of Circuit Python for hug reports and updates since she has a meeting. So prep for that. Uh, we'll do core and libraries real quick and then we'll go to Lady Ada. So um, core wise, uh, we had six pull requests merged for three different authors. Um, thank you to Summersoft, Dan, and CP Forbes for the changes there. We have nine open pull requests. If you wanna see what they are, uh, check the notes. Um, we had five closed issues by two people and eight open by seven people. So we are a little bit net positive for a total of 156 open issues. Uh, and there's a link to where to see all those <laughs> in the notes. Um, we have five active milestones. We actually have one open issue on 3X that we need to look at. Um, but the main one is the 4.0 Bluetooth milestone, which, uh, according to these notes have 20 open issues. I think there's uh, one extra that got added after that. Um, we also had 13 issues not assigned a milestone, which we should not have. Um, so uh, that's some work for for some of us to do. Uh, download stats-wise, um, we've had a total of 282 downloads of Beta 3. So again, um, if you want that, uh, or if you want to help test, uh, start there, please. 
Um, and we've had 7,874 stable downloads. So again, we get a lot more, a lot more downloads on our, um, on our stable release. So another reason to push for 4.0, we can always do a 4.0.1 if we find issues. Um, and then we also have download stats by language. I won't read those off here, uh, but if you're interested, um, check those out in the notes. And I will swap over to Katni for libraries. Thanks. So uh, with the libraries this week, we had 19 pull requests merged with 10 authors, which is fantastic. Um, Demophone, Marty McGuire, and Corey Osman are new um, to that, and that is amazing. So thank you to everybody who's contributed to the libraries. Um, we had six reviewers, which is also high. Um, thank you to everyone who reviews because our PRs would sit otherwise. Um, so that's a pretty crucial part of it. We currently have 22 open pull requests, which is a significant increase, and that is fantastic. Um, we've, we have some new libraries on this list. Uh, we have some updates to old libraries, um, all kinds of fun stuff going on there. So if you're interested in uh, getting started with reviewing, these are an excellent place to start. Even if you don't really know the library, you don't know what's going on with it, you can still check it for documentation, updates, um, any kind of typos, that kind of thing. Um, so if you're interested in getting started, there's a lot of ways to do it that don't require knowing Python or understanding um, the, the driver code that you're reading. Um, so take a look at that. Uh, we had six issues closed by four people and eight open by seven people. We currently have 84 open issues, which is also a significant increase. I think that's because Adabot got updated and is now including um, more things because uh, the numbers don't quite match up. So. That's good to know that we now have all of the issues on the list. Um, all of those are listed in the notes. So once again, if you're interested in um, contributing, check out those issues, see if there's anything that interests you, um, and we can help you get started with that. The rest of the library notes are um, just things that are going on with the actual repos. Uh, also, good first issues are included in, in these lists. Um, there is an issue on the CircuitPython uh, repo itself that is a library tracking issue that actually has all of these lists expanded. So every single issue that is going on with any of the libraries is contained within that issue. Um, so that would be the place to look um, as the notes are not quite as detailed. And that's what we have going on with the libraries. Awesome. Thank you, Katni. Um, all right, let's uh, skip ahead and do kind of spoilers. Uh, we can go to Lady Ada for both uh, hug reports and status updates since she's got to duck out soon for a meeting. Hello. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Great. Um, I'm trying Firefox this time. Um, okay, hug reports. Thanks to Scott who uh, put up the circuitpython.org site. It looks great. Um, and he, uh, to quote, put a fire under my butt to uh, <laughs> do stuff with it. So we got um, the, the DNS all set up for that, and uh, you can use circuitpython.org or www.circuitpython.org using the World Wide Web. Um, also, uh, Fort for um, helping with the tech stuff. I'm glad that we're, we're going to nail that down. I have another PR update to do, and then um, that's also part of my update. If you are using text area, that's about to change. Uh, it's going to be called label. And it's going to be a little different um, um, based on where the origin point is. So uh, anyone doing graphical stuff with text area, just be aware everything's going to shift around. Um, maybe a little bit confusing why your text is like 20 points too tall or too low or something. Um, I think what else is going on? Did a gremlin clock over the weekend. So 
Uh, did some more Pi Portal hacking and updates. And I think that's kind of all my updates. I don't think I've got anything else. Oh, and Helga Portisidacious, who's been um, making breakouts in libraries and uh, testing out my new Arduino version of the register and Bus.io um, uh, libraries, which is good because it means we can uh, port libraries back and forth. That's my update. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Um, Phil, did you want to hop in too? Nope. I'm okay. all set. All right. All right. I'm back. I'm, I'm leaving too. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Thanks Bye. for dropping in. Um, and back to our regularly scheduled programming uh, <laughs> after the message from our sponsors. Um, har, har, har. I'm so funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, Hug Reports. Uh, let's officially introduce it. Uh, as you saw, Hug Reports is a chance for everybody to say... Uh, <laughs> Drink, drink delicious Adafruit beverages. Uh, this week, sponsored by NyQuil. Um, yeah, I feel ya. Um, okay, so Hug Reports is a chance for everybody to say thank you um, <laughs> for the work that uh, people have done over the last week or so. Um, and uh, we'll do it as a round robin, but of course, uh, Lady Ada and uh, Adafruit had to duck out for meetings at uh, whatever time it is there. So uh, thank you for letting them skip ahead. Um, I will go as a second example, and then we'll circle back to Brent and through the list. Again, if you are uh, text only or lurking, let us know, and we'll either skip you or read off your stuff. So uh, just let us know if that's the case. Okay. Um, myself. Uh, uh, first off, thanks to Lady Ada for helping me with my Game Boy cart design. Uh, I was working on uh, getting a new rev of the Game Boy cart uh ordered from Osh Park this weekend, uh, but also kind of Adafruitized so that hopefully at some point we can sell it uh, through Adafruit, which would be amazing. Um, I made it, managed to order it last night, and uh, I was bugging Lady Ada about some uh, technical stuff, so thanks for helping me with that. Um, funny thing is, is I did notice that I hadn't actually hooked up the MIDI to the microcontroller, so I definitely needed to do another rev. So uh, that's my hobby side. Um, Tyler and Justin, I wanted to say a huge thank you as well for the circuitpython.org work that they've done in the last few months. Um, they've gotten it really far, like all the design stuff was there. Uh, I just basically had to run it across the line, get it get it up, uh, and have all the board info in it. So uh, thanks to Tyler and Justin for doing an amazing job with that. Like even the landing page, the only thing I added was the thank you section. The, the whole idea that CircuitPython is just uh, an easy way to learn to code was all them. So... Uh, thanks to Tyler and Justin for that. Um, I wanted to say a thank you to Summersoft for picking up the Mixer PR that Dean uh, almost finished. Uh, happy to see somebody picking that up. And I uh, enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed the video that you posted of that working too. So I, I'm very excited about that. that. That'll be a great thing for 4.1. Although it, I think it's a API change. So we actually may make it uh, 5.0 just because we can. Um, and then lastly, a uh, hug report to Corey Osman, who uh, Phil mentioned uh, was did their first com first commit as a MIDI doc improvement. So uh, thanks to Corey for that. And let's circle around and uh, start with Brent. Hello. My hug report this week is to Anagdata. Um, submitted a pull request to the Adafruit um, ESP32 spy library. Custom headers working. 
and I got him working on IO as a result, so that was great. Awesome. Thanks, Brent. Okay. Uh, Carter, are you around? Yeah, I'm on. We're doing hugs, though, right? Yes, we are. All right. Uh, hugs, I got a couple. One to uh, Dan uh, for putting UF2 builds back into the radio feathers. That was cool. And also for forum support, he's had a couple of emails and other things. He's looks like he's been going through the forums and finding some stuff that's been falling through the cracks. So that's super helpful. And thank you very much for that. And another one to Lady Ada for a couple of things that I'll talk again about in status related to the ADS 1x15 stuff. She pointed out a fix for getting I2C working a little better in Linux. And also just ongoing discussion about trying to get that thing working faster, which I'll talk again about in status. Awesome. And that's it. Thanks, Carter. All right, see Grover. Yeah, group hug to the team and community again this week. I, you know, I continue to be in awe of the innovation and the rapid development that I see. And the uh, educational um, aspect of that is really teaching me more and more and more. And so I appreciate the community getting involved and, and helping me out. I also have a special hug for my high school physics instructor who many years ago um, inflicted some mathematical skills on me that I got to use this last week. And I'll talk about that in status. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Thanks, C. Grover. Uh, Charles. Hey. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, um, well, uh, the hug report for this week go, goes to the group group again because uh, I got uh, I got my whole uh, ocarina working. Maybe I'll send a picture up uh, in the uh, text chat later. So that's uh, and all the help I've gotten from you know listening to this group is wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Charles. I'm excited to see your ocarina. All right, let's go to Dan. Hello. So I'd like to uh, thank Jerry and Lady Ada for um, reviewing stuff and testing stuff that Scott might have uh, tested while, but he was away on break, basically. And um, Jerry also tested the usual stuff that he always tests. But this time he also would uh, approve the pull requests, which was really helpful. So we got a number of fixes in that early for people to be able to test. I'd like to thank Summersoft for finishing frequency in. Um, it was sort of sitting around and it's really great that we could put it into 4.0 and I've already recommended it to somebody who had a need for some ex for exactly that. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And then um, also uh, our dagger who's, um, uh, had some trouble with BLE, and he wrote up a really good uh, uh, issue with all the code and everything, everything that I need exactly to set it all up. That's really helpful. It saves me a lot of time figuring out what to do. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Thanks, Dan. All right. Uh, Dishipu, do you have a mic? I see that. Okay. Dishipu says uh, in the notes doc. I do. Okay, go Sorry. ahead. Okay, I had to press the button. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, forgot about that. Uh, yeah, so so basically, a group hack to everyone. I don't really have anything in particular. Sorry, didn't pay attention that much. <laughs> group hacks are all, all good. Thanks, thanks to Shipu. 
All right, uh, Jerry. Yeah, thanks, uh, Dan, for uh, the quick uh, fix to the, the display AOSPI stuff last week and uh, tracking that all down. And the general group, I guess, just seemed like there's a lot going on and everybody's doing a great job at keeping up with it all. Great. Thanks, Jerry. Okay, Katni. Yeah. All right. So I have a list here. Um, Hog Report 2, Maker Melissa for dealing with moving and still managing to sneak in some circuit Python time. Um, a group or a hug to Sedacious for the um, INA 260 board and library that he's been working on. Uh, to Tyler, Justin, and Scott for getting the circuitpython.org website up. To Corey Osman for their first contribution to CircuitPython and GitHub. And to Summersoft for continuing to enhance our ever expanding friend Adabot. Totally. All right. Thanks, Katni. Uh, I'm going to read off Maker Melissa's here. In the notes, Maker Melissa says, uh, hug report to Anik Data for submitting their first PR. Uh, hug report to Jerry N for testing the FRAM chip since mine was misplaced. And lastly, uh, thanks to Adafruit uh, PT for the new Blinka icon. All right. Um, next is Mr. Certainly. And I'll read it off. Uh, Mr. Certainly says hugs to Sedacious, Summersoft, Sagittac, uh, who helped troubleshoot a bash profile issue I had regarding Mac OS home directory notation. Awesome. And another time code. Um, Quantum Extraction, Obstruction says uh, hug report out to Lady Ada. Uh, thanks for getting the TX2 compatible with the Blinka libraries. I will in be investing time today to test. That's very exciting. And uh, Sagittac is notes only. Says, um, thank you to Sedacious for helping test Rust on the Trellis M4 NeoPixels. Uh, thank you to Charles Berniford for offering to help with the same test. And lastly, uh, thanks to Summersoft for the encouragement and for frequency in. Um, so that's great. Um, so Scott, uh, SDW, also known as Scott, um, says group hug, uh, for all of the community, um, sedacious, we're just rolling. Sedacious says, uh, hug report to Katni for Travis and PyPI help and also, uh, help for... Uh, or thank you to Lady Ada for register and bus IO help in, help slash hacking. And lastly, we have Summersoft. Who says, um, thank you to Dean M for the great foundation with audio IO mixer. Uh, thank you to Jerry and Deshipu, Sedacious and Dan H for some great support in discord. And lastly, uh, group hug. I wish I could give you all an hour back uh, if you recently had one stolen from you. <laughs> I would love my hour back. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> all right. Um, let's move on to status updates. Uh, status updates is uh, done in a similar format where we do a round robin. Uh, so again, uh, let us know if you're lurking or text only, um, and we'll read it off. Um, it is a chance for us to take a little time to talk about what we have been working on and what we plan on working on the in the coming week or so. Um, 
that gets us on the same page and gets and keeps us aware of kind of like who's doing it, what and wh what area they're working in. So uh, I will start and then I will read off TG Techie and then we'll go to Brent. So um, for myself, um, I'm back from vacation as of Thursday. I, I got caught up on emails. Um, so first and foremost, if you expected me to get back to you on a PR or an issue or anything else that may have generated an email to me, um, I believe I'm caught up. So uh, if that's not the case, please let me know. Ping, ping me again and I'd be happy to help. Um, I kind of sometimes I play it fast and loose trying to get through everything. So uh, I rely on you all to uh, let me know if I miss something. Um, Thursday, Friday, uh, I got CircuitPython.org live. Um which uh, was primarily getting all of the the board and file information hooked up to the actual downloads page. So I did that. Um, if you want to help with the website, we could really use it. Um, I did the basics for every board, but I didn't go in and kind of type a paragraph or two about the board. Um, and that's also a really great place to put links into, like I was actually putting um, where to purchase, like pur purchase links for boards as well so um if people want to help with that that's a great great place we could use use the help for um so let me know and also for those of you who have made custom boards um Deshipu, you're one of those people for sure um please uh go in and add pictures and stuff for your boards so that they show up nice uh on that page uh, I will be tweaking about uh, how it's ordered and, and stuff like that today. Um, so uh, I'll get, I've got more more work to do there. Uh, updating, do, doing the audio file updating. Um, I'll be working on today. Uh, I changed the format of the file that holds all the, the links manually, but I need to actually make the auto generator thing work that way as well. Um, and then we're also going to, we'll put links to 3X in there uh, and some other links uh, to other things as well. So um, yeah, a little bit more work on that today, probably bleeding into tomorrow. Um, I have an open PR, last I checked, for adding the file names back to trans the, the PO files for translations. Um, this is something that Tasm Devil wanted uh, with those. So, And then Dan pointed out that there's just a command line switch for it. So it's pretty easy to do. Uh, that's a pending PR, so um, if somebody could review that, that would be awesome. Um, I did that last week as well. And so after I'm done with all this website stuff, I'm planning on bug hunting so that we get the 4.0 release candidate out. So um, that's my plan. Um, I'm around all week, so we should be able to get a lot, a lot of stuff done. So that'll be exciting. Okay, um, I'm going to read off TG Techie, who says, uh, last week... Um, was doing website development and uh, also did uh, first robotics uh, compromise was last weekend. Well, it might've been competition. Uh, showed off the tricorder and schmooze CircuitPython a little too, uh, which is cool. Um, next week, TG Techie says, uh, continue website development, uh, added docs page to website for TG Libs. Uh, polish docs making script that pulls doc strings out of PyCode as a temp fix until I can get Sphinx fully working. And then uh, prep for release of TG GUI 1.1. So that is TG Techies updates. Let's circle back and go to Brent. 
Hello. Hello. Um, the past week I finished up the High Portal Weather Station guide. Should be live this week. Um, I played around with the Pi Portal a little bit more. Uh, this isn't connected to my computer right now, but it's a little email portal. You could shoot it an email and it'll pop up hmm. on the Pi Portal. Um, and I'm doing a bit of work on Adafruit.io for CircuitPython. I added a user string this morning, so Adafruit.io actually knows who's connecting and from where. And um, I'm starting to look at how MicroPython does MQTT. Uh, if anybody's used MicroPython um, like extensively with MQTT, because I'm going to start looking at maybe building out um, a CircuitPython version of it, since we have sockets now. All right, sounds good, Brent. Let's go to Carter. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, first, the simple one. There's a, a forum thing that someone posted up for the DRV2605, which is the haptic motor driver, little specialized motor driver with like these built-in waveforms. They pointed out that we kind of only show, there's a, the data sheet has a convenient table that shows like the 132 stored waveforms, but it's split across two pages. And we kind of show the first page only. And that kind of creeped into the examples in terms of the number of samples that were being used. So that should just be a simple cleanup of learn and the example code to um, fix that. I took a quick look at the driver and I think it's fine. There's no issue in the core driver itself. So that should be just some cleanup. Then the other one is for the ADS-1X15 uh, related to continuous and kind of operating it at its fastest conversion rates. I got a PRN, a very simple PRN right now to enable continuous, which is basically just a one line if statement to not uh, make sure to not just sit there and continuously query the status of the conversion, which doesn't happen in continuous. But then there, there's been various forum posts, and this has happened enough that I'm trying to look into it in a little more detail. People have like cranked it up to its highest conversion rate and are doing the very simple thing of just pulling off the value of a channel in a tight loop and timing it and going, hey, look, the timing is like super slow. What's up? And it's, it's just all the I2C traffic that's going on mm -hmm. with the way the current driver works, which is which is fine because I think the current implementation is a great simple way that people are going to use it. So I think we'll, we're going to leave that in place. So I'm trying to figure out, I, I know I can run it faster. I've already played with it and got it to run way faster. It's no problem. But so now the question is like how to cleanly and nicely implement all that mm -hmm. into the driver. And that's, there's a nice issue thread going on all that with uh, various chatter. So if anyone else wants to uh, chime in, please do, because mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a work in progress. But that's what I'll be working on. All right. Yeah, thanks for taking the lead on that, Carter. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I think we do have a op an open issue for CircuitPython core of being able to do a buffer of samples from the ADC. So that might be interesting to link to as well. Right. And this, I guess the other thing to point out is the original issue was posted on, and I'm doing my work on a, a Pi Zero. So ah. I'm, I'm not actually using CP core. Right. But I think the API should be the same, right? Like, right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited to see where that goes. All right. Uh, C Grover, your text only. Let me take the time code. 
Seek River says, uh, decided to rework the range slicer library this past week to make it more universal rather than limiting to positive integers and only ordered inputs and outputs. Had to completely start over from scratch three times, or was it five times, to approach the algorithm from different angles. Uh, thanks to my high school physics teacher for the technique uh, he taught me many years ago. I finally found the one I was looking for yesterday. It's passing the tests. Uh, here's an example of how range sniper can quantize a relatively noisy potentiometer input signal. Uh, the input is the green trace. Uh, the quantized output is the blue trace. Um, if you're only listening to this, uh, we do record the screen as well uh, and put, put it on YouTube. So if you're wanting to see that, uh, check the YouTube video out. Um, Seagrover continues saying the slicer class linearly processes any range of input values into a set of indexed output values. Uh, tasks this next week will be to complete the GitHub documentation, experiment with nonlinear quantization, and floor versus ceiling uh, versus truncation methods. Uh, we'll continue to develop the hardware prototype with the goal of sending the PCB and front panel design to the vendors by Friday. Uh, planning to get planning to get deep into display io for the relatively uh complex control panel display uh also today is the big day for the circuit python lighted ufo film miniatures uh 15 minutes of fame uh green screen filming begins in an hour hope that the production team will let me post a few video clips for you to see and there's a picture of the ufo in the notes as well um, and there's also a picture of the awesome um, control panel that uh, controls all of the lights on the UFO. So I uh, definitely recommend checking out uh, either the Discord chat history or uh, the video uh, recording of this meeting if you are not looking. Um, all right, let's go on to Charles. Um, I will read it from there. Um, Charles says, uh, finish the ocarina finally. <laughs> Next is to work on the mouth organ. Um, yes, I understand that. Um, okay, uh, and let's go to Dan. Okay, um, while Scott was away, I learned some of the insides of Display.io and fixed a couple of bugs about uh, redisplaying. And it's nice to have the challenge of not just having to pass something on to somebody else. <laughs> so I'm feeling more comfortable with that Yay. now. And uh, I'm working on uh, BLE crash stuff. Uh, that's, uh, as I mentioned, our dagger came up with something. Mm -hmm. And um, to a lesser extent, there's somebody who's trying uh, 4.0 on a Chromebook and it's not working right. It's not seeing um, the serial port. It's not seeing the REPL. So we want to get that fixed. Mm -hmm. And along with Scott, we'll both just try to trying to make the bug list be zero so we can get to RC1. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. All right, let's go to Deshipu. Okay, so I'm working on a top secret project that I'm not allowed to reveal yet. It's basically pew pew for a conference. Nice. That I can't I can say which one, but it's a big one. So if, if that works, I will be super happy. Uh, related to that, I just submitted a pull request uh, for some uh, updates to the PQ10 uh, port, basically uh, adding the default pins for everything mm -hmm. and tweaking the the display brightness mm -hmm. a little bit. And uh, yeah, and uh, I figured out that since 
everybody is going to get uh, one of the QQ bots, then maybe I should have a business card that uh, fits into that somehow. Mm-hmm. So uh, there is always a problem when you make electronic uh, business cards. There is always a problem with power. So mm-hmm. the solution for that, if you make a shield for something, then it doesn't need power. You just connect it to that something. Mm-hmm. So I, I figured I will make a business card that is a shield for the pew pew. Hmm. <clears throat> we will see how that works. Yeah. And are you using Display IO now? Uh, so for pew pew, no, because uh, it's an LED matrix display oh, eight okay. by eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not not possible. I have to try it for a micro game, but right. I I didn't really have time for that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Cool. I'm excited to see that. Okay. Uh, Jason is lurking, so we'll go to Jerry. Uh, thanks. Yeah. So I don't know where this week went, but um, mm-hmm. so spent much time playing with the the D- display I/O and and the you know uh, helping test and this stuff with the SPI. That was was fun. And um, and then a quick fix as mentioned to the Fram library. Uh, glad to help with that. It was and easy thing to do. And, um, and then I spent a lot of time and still am spending much time trying to help and answer some questions about the RFM 9X usage. Uh, this seems like a couple of people have been struggling with it, but uh, I don't think there's any problems. It's just it's just people are doing, doing, doing things with it and it's nice to see. Um, and then, um, oh, the, there was a post to a uh, I can't remember where it was on some one of the forum, one of the Discord sites about uh about using platform IO on the uh, Feather NRF fifty two eight thirty two. Yeah. And uh, decided since I had, since I you know had a couple of those sitting around that was great. It really worked worked really easily. I used it with uh, Adam, and it was a really nice setup. Hmm. So if anyone look you know has those and wants something to do with them, that was that was fun. It makes a nice little display that sniffs out um um two point four gigahertz signals. Hmm. And, uh, just to, but it was really easy to do, and so uh, you know, makes it made a nice interface. So next week, um, no no particular plans. So I'll just keep my usual unfocused attempts to break things, and yeah. um, <laughs> and then I am trying to find a way to to search out. There's a there's some occasional hangups that occur in the ESP32 SPI library, mm-hmm. but they're really rare. And I've been running cheer lights for days and days and days, and just. <laughs> I can catch it. I'll, I'll 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 try and figure out where where we need some timeouts. But it's unless I hear more about it, it it's uh, uh, on a. We'll see <laughs> if it becomes a worse problem. We'll get it fixed faster. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, your testing is always very very helpful. So keep it up. Thanks. Um, okay, let's go to Katni. Hello. So last week, I updated the CharliePlex breakout guide to use or to have um, the, the CircuitPython Python section to apply to the Featherwing and the new bonnets. Um, I updated the CharliePlex Featherwing guide to include that because we totally missed that apparently. Um, and then I wrote up a guide for the CharliePlex bonnet, which we is is new, and so we didn't have a guide for that yet. Um, I did fritzing objects for the two boards that I one helped help design and two designed um, the the Vemel 7700 and the VCNL 4040. Uh, I designed a Pi Portal project, uh, which I will be writing a guide for once we get um, the button library uh, set up and merged, which is 
all this stuff is in flux at the moment. So um, once all the text stuff and so on is uh, settled out, I think is when that's going to happen. Um, it's got two NeoPixel strips attached to it and uh, the buttons are all different colors and you press a button and it changes the NeoPixel strips to that color. Um, but if you it uses the light sensor, so if you wave your hand over it, it will control one strip. You wave your hand over it again, it controls the other one. Wave your hand over it again, it controls both at the same time and then repeats that if you continue to wave your hand over it. Um, so that is a project that I will be doing a guide for eventually. Mm. I started designing two new boards. They're I2C potentiometers, a single and a double. I completed the schematic symbol for the single. Um, and over the weekend, did some more photography for my Lightbox uh, photo studio build. There's still a lot left to photograph. It's a very massive build. Um, but uh, And I won't be doing any kind of documentation until all the photography is done because that takes the longest. Um, so this week, uh, Library Monday, um, I'm going to create the schematic symbol for the dual potentiometer uh, and then begin designing PCBs for both of those. I am going to be writing a library for the TPA2016 uh, CircuitPython library for that. Um, I'm going to finish the guide for the BMP388 and then I need to write up a guide for the AD8495. So my week is pretty much planned out and that is what I have. Awesome. Thank you, Katni. All right, uh, next is Lady Ada, who actually went earlier. So if you want to hear her actually say, uh, then check back in the notes for the time code for that. I just want hey. to go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying yay. Um, okay. Uh, I was just, I, the reason I'm saying that is I just wanted to reiterate one thing you said, uh, Lamore, which is uh, lots of display text library changes, including uh, renaming text area to label. Um, so if you're using text area, beware that it's about to disappear in favor of label. Um, it should make a lot more sense uh, going forwards because we've, we've thought more about what the API should be and we're happy with label. So um, should be the one time that we ask you to change it, although I may never make any promises of that. So uh, heads up. Well, I, I will say that um, because we changed the origin point, all of the Pi Portal examples will also have to change because we used to have the origin for text at the top left corner. It's now in the middle left corner, which is more stable long term. But it does mean that all the examples are going to have to be uh, rewritten and updated. So if you're like, my Pi Portal text is like weirdly located, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason we did the, the center of the left edge is so that they... Uh... Yeah, we had a long discussion about how this sh should be, but uh, the reason we did the center was so that if you had multi-line text, it would be centered on that. Um, it's now left center for however many lines it is. Right. So that origin point will be, like the text will float at the midpoint of, like the midpoint of the text, no matter how tall it is, how many lines it is the bounding box will be centered basically at that point within like a two or three pixels. Right. And there's an asterisk on bounding box because we don't include ascenders and descenders in that as well. No, we do. It, it'll automatically calculate the ascender and descender. But not for the origin point, just for the bounding box. Right. Yeah. Yes. So the, the, the bounding box may not be perfectly centered on that. 
it's within two pixels. <laughs> it's close. Yeah, it's, close. <laughs> it's very, very close. If you want, you can use the bounding box and then and then you know tweak it up and down, which you'll you'll have to do anyways if you want to have it centered in a, in a spot because you don't know what you have to make the the label then calculate the bounding box and you can move it. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get back to the for some reason you want to use the upper left corner, you, there is no way to calculate. The offset, actually. Well, you can read it back from the. You can get the bounding box. the The problem is that we were using the bounding box of the font upper left corner. If you look at the issue, I have like an image. It was floating well above the actual font. So right now, the origin point when you get the bounding box, that top, the top, uh, x the x y delta will give you the top left corner. So you can. If you want, then re you know once you set it up, you can change the origin so that you know you, the top left corner is where you want it. But we just had it turned out to be very complicated, especially when you're dealing with non-monospace fonts. This becomes very complicated. Like if you're monospace fonts, all this is like really really easy and totally not a big deal. But once you're dealing with multi-language fonts or proportional fonts, mm -hmm. um, it just gets like extremely squirrely so this is kind of like we had to make decisions this is the decision we made right and multi-line text makes it complicated too all right so that's a heads up and background on that um i'm gonna go read off uh maker melissa who wasn't able to make the meeting but put notes in uh, maker melissa says uh last week uh, did a lot of work on the RA8875 guide, and it's almost finished. I fixed an issue with the ESP32 spy headers not being cleared between requests. Uh, did a code review or two. Uh, experimented with PyPortal and DisplayIO. Did a little work on the Thermalcam, Featherwing, and finished moving into a new place. And congrats on that, Maker Melissa. Um, this week, finished up the guide. Uh, after I get a work area and internet set up, I'll work on more... Uh, I'll work on more work done on the Thermalcam Featherwing. I'll test the BME 280 PR and uh, try and get a working PyPortal calculator using Lady Ada's new buttons library. That will be exciting. Okay, uh, Mr. Certainly is lurking, so we'll go, I'll read off Sagittac, who uh, says, last week, Rust Trellis M4 NeoPixels. Uh, this week, Rust Trellis M4 NeoPixels and Keypad. Uh, many weeks ago, broken CircuitPython gift decoder. Um, probably using uh, CircuitPython at some point when I need to check something against Rust. Um, and I totally squit, uh, skipped over Quantum Obstruction, who I think just had a hug report. Um, feel free to speak up if you have status updates. Otherwise, I'll read off uh, STW. instruction is typing something <laughs> it's saying lurking okay perfect uh sdw uh time code says uh no code for the digital multimeter software project idea yet just research uh found out that my tenma 72 is a rebranded unitrend ut61b uh and has a sigrock link um, discovered QT DMM and purchased a DB9 to USB adapter. The Tenma, Tenma USB cable is an odd HID-based device. 
I found a setting that works with my DMM and discovered Sigrock. Uh, they have a seemingly rather new project called Sigrock Meter, uh, which is written in Python. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Sigrock is like a open source logic analyzer software for your computer, which is really neat. Um, so that's the update there. Um, Sedacious says, uh, last week the INA2 uh, INA 260 driver and board work uh, this week, uh, IOM work and more driver and board work. I don't, I don't know what IOM means, but we'll get there. Um, lastly, we have Summersoft, um, who says uh, last week uh, Adabot dot circuit python libraries fixed an issue with the list of repos received from github api search it was dropping the more recently updated repos and added milestone remaining progress to core insights uh thank you for that um pushed my initial pirate translation to get it started the remaining will be finished by me hearties um <laughs> And I need to add that to the website so that we could say uh, pirate English uh, in our dropdown for that. Uh, also, uh, Summersoft says uh, last week started a board design for a gesture control featherwing using the MGC3030 with a link to that um, microchips website and started working on DNM's Mixer Voice PR uh, 1365. Um, I've brought it up to current master slash config after fighting some persistent compile errors. Uh, got a got a working test up and running late yesterday, and I just want to pause for just one second. And SCW suggests that pirate be spelled P Y R A T E, which I'm very tempted to do. Um, back to Summersoft says this week uh, continue with the mixer voice, still learning the nuts and bolts of it, and then we'll start discussion on any desired changes. Whew! All right. That is that. That is a status update. Um, I just wanted to take one moment uh, to insert a hug report that I forgot about. Um, it's in the newsletter this week, but uh, uh, Kevin Walters has been doing a lot of work with both MIDI and sound generation and made this epic video, which I will post a link to in the notes and um, into the Discord, of a Circuit Playground playing a melody based on MIDI. Um, MIDI inputs uh, and then generating different tones, different, uh, different, uh, what am I thinking of? Waveforms for different tones. So um, that is an awesome, awesome video that is very catchy tune. Um, so let me just add that there. And uh, let's go in the weeds. So um, the last section of the meeting here is the in the weeds section um, where we just have a chance to talk about whatever we want. Um, if you're interested in uh, talking about something, uh, either dump it in the notes doc or let us know in the text chat what you want to talk about. Uh, we got a couple we'll start with, but we can add on more later. Um, okay, so... Um, Okay, Carter's got a lot of stuff, but uh, we'll start with Katni first. All right, so I have a question. Uh, does anybody use VS Code um, with CircuitPython? 
And my question is, would it benefit from a new editor like REPL or does it already have something like that built in? Um, I looked at the terminal plugins or extensions, whatever they're called, and they're kind of general. Okay. Except there's something in platform IO also. Something, but so I think it's generally possible. And the point of the idea of finding the port is probably the extra code that would need to be written for such a thing. Okay. But, but um, the terminal part is already done. There are like dozens of them. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Excellent. Um, I will pass that information on. Um, we were discussing uh, possible options for um, extensions for VS Code. And um, I don't know VS Code, so I wasn't sure what uh, was available. Um, but it that's good to know. Um, all right, that's that was my question. Thanks. And that was uh, also based on the idea of like, are there any other things that we could add to VS Code to make it better with CircuitPython, right? Yeah. Um, so those of you that do use it with CircuitPython, are there other things that you think would make it better to use with CircuitPython? Um, the, the context is um, there are people who are looking to do a project um, involving uh, a VS Code involving a VS Code extension or whatever VS Code calls them um, that would make CircuitPython better to use with VS Code. Right. Um, so if anybody has any suggestions, um, other things that might be useful, um, please let us know uh, so we can pass that on um, for discussion. Right. Yeah, because like one thing that Mew does is like, yeah, the auto connect is Brent saying. Like instead okay, of just right. using terminal with screen, like actually keeping track of. Um, right, and that was um, that was my that was my initial thought because I know I use I use PyCharm. PyCharm has a terminal built in as well, but it's this it's the same issue. So that having having a, a Mew like serial console would would possibly be super useful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. Uh, All right. Doesn't sound like people have lots of ideas. So. Uh, okay. Brent. Se Brent seems to be the person that we should talk to about this. Yep. Um, All, All right. right. Let's go to Deshipu. Do you want to introduce? Okay, so yeah, I noticed that in Squid uh, Python four, in the in the betas. <laughs> the swim the, the programming pins are always busy after a reset so you can't actually use them for anything else right and i remember i did use them in circuit python 3 for for normal gpio pins yeah they can do they can do like clock for sdi or uh, i2c and and they can do serial so they are quite uh, precious uh, pins to me at least Mm -hmm. uh, so I was wondering if 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 that's intentional or it's uh, if it's uh, a, a bug somewhere, and uh, if it's intentional, if there is some way we could maybe disable that for some boards. 
Um, I, I don't think it's intentional. Be but the I think the reason it's happening is that the pin needs to be in a weird state so that you can actually use the SWD stuff. Um, and so there, there might be, we might need to add a special case to the check of whether a pin is in use or not, um, to be okay with switching it away from the SWD setup. Um, I'm just, uh, it, it takes some thought because messing with that means that like, if you are debugging and stuff, it can, it can make it really, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can I can imagine. You got to get it right otherwise it's a huge Um pain. one thing I just want to mention we do use the SWD pins on the Metro M0 Express and um the one thing I've noticed is once the SWD IO pin is very special um because it has this auto detection stuff in it right. and so it will you know there's a risk that noise could set it off and it could jump into uh, debug mode because it's looking for like this 50 clock pulse thing. So setting it to an output or an input kind of un undoes that, but it also means that you can't get it into debug mode, if that makes sense. So it's like you, you have to trade off because it, there, that SWIDIO pin in particular is very special. If you look in the data sheet, mm -hmm. I think that's what you're talking about. I just kind of jumped in yeah. weirdly, but. I think that's, that's totally uh, expected in this case. I mean, uh, for for pew pew, I would even uh, go as far as disable uh, debugging as uh, completely for for uh, the production builds at least, mm -hmm. because I, I I have those pins broken out uh, as user pins basically. So I would like them to be uh, free to use for for the users. Right. Yeah, I, th I I would be open to a fix for it. I don't know if I block 4.0 on it, but um, if you want to take a crack at it, I can point you in the right place. I mean, maybe it's a compile time thing about they're available or not. So <clears throat> it could be a compile flag. Well, I mean, I, I, like, there's no reason we couldn't um, have them enabled when no code is running, right? Like, I just I wonder if there's any way we could actually detect from the code whether it's hooked up or active or something. That would be really cool. But, right, like if 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 you know code's running and you connect via SWD and your so I guess uh, again, it should it should be marked it should be active at that point. It should be in use. Check the cold debug flag and no, Sorry guys, I, I was connecting a circuit by Python board and it muted my sound again. <laughs> I missed most of That's such a weird button. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. I, I will listen to it in the recording. Okay. Um yeah, I think basically the the summary is, is that it's not intentional. You should be able to use it as other pins, but we want to be careful about it so that um so that we can uh, still debug it when we want to. Okay, that is that. Let's go to Carter. Sure, you uh, saw the, the bullet list I pasted in there. I did, I got three things, uh, but I was just gonna delegate to you because uh, you can introduce them. Okay, sure, and I guess a little background uh, from where this has come from. I'm kind of in an interesting state where 
um, the forums kind of pulled me away for quite a while. And I haven't been as tight in with CircuitPython as I, I used to be. And all this display IO stuff has been cruising right along. Mm-hmm. And I finally got my hands on a Pi portal about a week ago. I've been playing around with that with all that cool IoT stuff, but also using it as an excuse to finally like play with the new display IO stuff and like, all right, I'm going to draw a line. I'm going to put text on this display. Right. Just very basic stuff. And in the process of like self-educating myself on that, that's where the first bullet come from. It's like, you know, there's a lot to it. And I was wondering if we were just <laughs> plans for like a, a nice dedicated guide uh, that, would, that would be like that, like draw text at this XY location, draw a circle, draw a line, etc. Can I, can I volunteer you to make one? <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. I no guarantee of, you know, how I can get to it, but yeah, 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 no problem. I mean, I guess I'd be a good one to do it too. Cause I'll just document my own right. self-education. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I, I personally have, uh, I struggle a bit with how much time I spend documenting versus, um, how much time I spend coding and stuff. So oh yeah. I, no, I just, yeah. I appreciate like, that. Like my, uh, the way that I work is very much at the like lowest level, like make, I think of myself as like the the designer of Lego bricks, um, and then like kind of like have to leave it other to other people to actually like build something with the Lego bricks and document how to do that. So um, exactly. And then the other thing is like is the timing right? Because it seems like this is still somewhat in flux. We're getting close to you know wrapping it up. I think we're. I I feel like we're close enough that that would be really helpful. Early start chipping away at it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, you know, I don't, I don't expect dis- display IO to change much for four O. It might change a bit more after that, but um, yeah, it would be, it would be awesome. Okay, um, I'll, I'll give it a try. I'll definitely probably have to bug you a lot about it to make sure I'm understanding right. It looks like okay. Radiator volunteered also. Yeah, that's so okay. that'll, that'll help. I'm will, I'm, okay. will, I'm willing to do that because you're still taking a, a bunch of load off me, so that's good. Okay. Um, and then the next one is something I noticed in the pin naming for Pi Portal mm-hmm. is you call the the actual audio output to the speaker audio out. And, you know, I found it right away by just doing a display import board, display board. It's like, okay, there's the right pin. But yeah. I did notice that it's different than what we called it in CPX. Mm. And the enable pin is called speaker enable. So I'm, I'm fine with it because I've, was able to find it right away, but I can see beginners are going to get a little like, wait, so it's called speaker and CPX. It's called audio out and Pi portal. What, what is it for this third board I have? How do I figure okay. it out, etc.? I'd say, oh, yeah, we should change it. So there you go. <laughs> we could either change it or make both available. Like that's not too bad. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. I was wondering if you had a, if you're okay, if there's an alias capability and if you're yep. kind of okay with that. Uh, yeah, there there definitely is. Like, it's just a you'll see it's just a table of of structs. Because um, and... aliasing can be a bit of a double edged sword, also. Yeah, but we do it a lot already because, like, for all these friendly names, we also have like the Arduino A or D names, right? Um, for everything, so we do alias the the one thing that has a consequence of the ordering of the aliases is that when we're printing the pin object will print the name that is the first one in that list. So um, I would say like whatever is the canonical name for something or the one that we want to use the most, it would it should be at the top. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, now I guess you may want to alias this because it looks to me like what you're doing is respecting the name that was used on the schematic. Yeah, that's usually where, where I get them. And that's kind of a good idea because some people will be looking at the schematic and using that, right. expecting the associated label to show up in a board thing. Yeah. But then having this kind of common, more intuitive totally. name as an alias, you can throw it in there also. Yeah. And we got room on the M4, so I would just alias it. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, so that code code can be written that works on all of them. You know, that that's the reason. Right. Do you do you need me to throw up an issue for that, or can you just make it happen? Um, I would throw an issue if nobody's going to pick it up right away. Okay. So. I'll try to remember to do that. Okay, then the third Issues one, are great uh, because you can just close them. Yeah, yeah. It also gives you something to track. Yeah. Um, and the third one's kind of related is, you know, playing with the display I.O. Mm -hmm. And correct me on this if my understanding is wrong, but it seems like for a board that has a built-in display like Halloween and Pi Portal, mm -hmm. you go ahead and internally create a display object mm -hmm. and make that available through board.display. Right. Is that what you've done? Um, yeah, and the reason that's there is because we share we share that object with like the supervisor and the CircuitPython code. Right. So I don't have to like import board, import display IO, set up all the right. bus stuff, pass create a display object, pass it the pins, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I just use board.display right away. Yeah, for, for boards that have a native native display, that's a, a display built in, right? Okay, right. so that's cool. So similar thing for why not do that with touch? Because I was playing around with touch and I did have to do it with touch. I had to like, you know, import touch, set up the touch objects on the pins, and then I could use touch versus just calling like a board dot touch object. Yeah, I I guess I don't see the reason that display has where it needs to be like persistent. Um, but I think what you're getting at is that like, it's more like the CPX style library where it does all the initialization for you. Um, Sorry, perhaps we could do this uh, in the same style as I2C and SP objects where you have a function that you have to call. Yeah. And then it, cre it creates the objects object if it's not created and returns uh, the singleton if if it's there right but then oh, the actually i'm sorry i it's been so long since i created this bullet and i think i need to clarify i'm talking about display touch not cat touch right right yes right. of course right but like it's the library that runs that is not written in c right like it, it's not a native library it's not a, oh not yeah, a native okay. library right which we could make one but or we could freeze it in and then link it to it. It's not not easy. I would I, like I would for those things that like we just want to initialize libraries in a standard way like that. I would just do um. I would just do the like feather like make uh, maker Melissa has been doing an awesome job with all the featherwing libraries and like CPX library as well. And then Lamore has done the Pi Portal library. Right. So right. So I would just go that way there okay yeah yeah i think the board display is kind of like a lower level thing um, and that's motivated by the fact that we want this the display to be on from the very beginning because we use it as well 
Cool. Okay, that answers that. All right, and uh, I'm gonna close this. Uh, later, we'll let Jerry wrap us up on the weed section. Yeah, I just wanted to raise. I, I noticed if you know, I'm so used to on the M4s having the luxury of being able to just dump the whole .py bundle onto the onto the chip and leave it leave it there. Yeah. Um, and that's becoming less and less useful. <laughs> it's gotten so big. Okay. Um, so, uh, so I've switched over now to using the MPY version just to dump it all. But um, I, I just didn't know if, if that was something anyone was thinking about. Is it, you know, is there any plans or any idea to to break up the bundle into into different groups? Because I, I obviously don't need it all mm-hmm. uh, on every board. Um, but it, it, you know, so if there were a core bundle and a and then a, I don't know. I'm just curious if anyone's thought about that or anybody else cares. So the Pi bundle is around so that there are .py versions of all the libraries if you need to iterate on them. The intention was never really for that to be constantly dumped on every board. Um, so as it gets too big, if you're going to be iterating on the libraries, like feel free to grab the one that you're iterating on. Um, but no, I don't think we have any plans to break it up. Okay. Just... Yeah, That's I would fine. I would say no plans to break it up, but I do I do love the idea of being able to just use that instead of the MPIs. Like if it was an M4 world with a with an 8-bit spy flash or 8 megabyte spy flash on it, like Oh yeah. I would love to be there, right? Because part of the accessibility of circuit python is is not having code obscure obscured away from you. So like right. having the pi files on there is really would be really awesome cuz then it's easy to dig into, but I think in practice, like we shouldn't gate hardware based on being able to do that. Um, right. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's where we're at with yeah. with the boards we have, and if we ever reach that point, awesome. Um, yeah, I, I guess right I didn't at this moment, how big the the MPY version is. If it's if it's growing to a size where it's it's going to become unmanageable as well. That's all. But or Lemur is already saying, write the guides. Don't just say copy the whole bundle. She says. Right. She says, copy the libraries that the people need for a particular guide because they may want to store a lot of data. They may have significant data storage needs and you want to not waste the space with library code that you're never going to use. So it's already an issue. Mm -hmm. It's already an issue in other senses. Yeah. And we're already sort of dealing with it by instructing people to only copy the libraries that they need um, in all of the guides that we write. Okay, that's great. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen that change, so that's great. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the heads up on that, though. I'm glad somebody's keeping track of it. Okay, uh, let's wrap up. Um, this has been the CircuitPython Weekly for March 11th, 2019. Again, everybody's welcome to join this uh, party um, by... Uh, it's 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Mondays, usually, unless there's a U.S. holiday. If there's a U.S. holiday, what will happen is we'll usually push it to Tuesday, and we'll post a note about that in the Circuit Python text channel. Um, glad everybody likes the party. If you want to join, uh, the link to our Discord server is adafru.it/discord. That'll dump you into our text channel. You can uh, chat with with us there all week, and then we're in the voice channel during the recording usually. Um, we did record the the meeting, so it'll go up on our uh, the youtube.com slash Adafruit um, super soon uh, tonight. And then um, it will also go up, 
uh, to podcast services around the globe, as kind of funny would say, uh, after that as well, just as, as a, a audio only thing. Um, and I think that's all we check out. If you want more Python news, you can join the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter that Adafruit runs at adafruitdaily.com. It goes out Tuesday mornings and has uh, tons of goodies. So uh, check that out as well. And with that, uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye.